Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Yes, it is. Glad to have you here. Plenty going on. Shell Brown, bottom of this hour. She's a concerned mother in Georgia who went in front of the school board and said, Hey, did you know this book is in my, my kid's school? And started reading out of the book, and it was so graphic and so sordid and so almost pornographic that they asked her to stop. She said, why should I stop? This is in a school that we pay for, and you think this is okay. The reaction from the school board after she brought it up is going to blow your mind. But there's good news because four out of the seven board members are up for re-election. And if you're in that part of Georgia, and I think Rome, Georgia, where one of our newest affiliates is, is very close to this to, to the school district. Uh, you're going to want to listen up for that. We've got her at the bottom of the hour, campus reform next hour, and plenty of stuff in between, including we're going to start things off this hour with that police-related, police-involved shooting where a motorist was killed in, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're going to get to that in just a second and a whole lot more on your Thursday. I'm feeling all right. Uh-huh. Say what? That is Carrie Lucky. Carrie, how you doing? Not a man getting talked to. Hello. Seems okay. I got the yes, you did. You're part of the group. Yeah. Uh, without Lucky, you'd be like ten and a half. She pulled you right into ten. <laughs> okay. No. It's a whole show effort. You know that. That's Polo. That is Sam getting it done. We made a little top ten list, whatever. You know, we just do what we do. Just a little thing. Little sound sound. Thursday, almost Friday, the weekend's almost here. We turn it up, we sing, well, I do. Let's go. Who wants some harmony? Oh, everybody, look at that. Scott is the number 10 right here. I'm not feeling too good myself. Top 25. Bop, 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 bop. What was that? That might bump you out of the top 25. Uh, no, it turns out if I didn't do the singing, uh, the inside scoop, I can't tell you who told me this, we would have been like number four. The singing knocked <laughs> us right out of the top stop five. The singing. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Oh, the people love the singing. It's what got us there. It's what got us there. Come on. Really? Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Before you hear this story, let me tell you this. I watched the entirety of the police video and the body cam video and the passenger video and the doorbell video uh, of this case. I know this case very, very well now from having really educated myself on what really happened from the video. No cop told me what happened. No citizen told me what happened. I watched the video, and it was uncut video. So I will give you my thoughts about it in a second. But, Carrie, if you don't mind, uh, there were some protests in Grand Rapids, Michigan last night. I think I know that Benjamin Crump is now involved, who, is, who seems to be the lawyer who gets involved in any police-involved shooting there where the citizen was a black person. I think Al Sharpton might be going to... to um, Grand Rapids, if he's not already there. What do you have on, on this thing? From USA Today, Patrick Laoya was a quiet kid who didn't like to fight, according to his father. Peter Laoya said his son, a 26-year-old Congolese refugee, made a small mistake this month, and then he was fatally shot in the back of the head by a Grand Rapids police officer. Details emerged Thursday about Patrick Laoya's death after police released video of the fatal traffic stop. It shows Laoya, who is black, was shot by a white police officer after a struggle. The traffic stop happened April the 4th, and the name the officer was not released. No charges have been issued. The officer was put on administrative leave, said Grand Rapids Police Chief Eric Winstrom. At a news conference Thursday, Laoya's mother, father, and younger brother joined Ben Crump, the family's attorney, to speak about the video and Laoya's life. 
Patrick Loyoya immigrated to the United States from the Democratic Republic of the Congo to pursue the American dream and provide a better and safer life for himself and his family, Crump said. Instead, what found him was a fatal bullet to the back of the head delivered by an officer of the Grand Rapids Police Department. In the video released by police on Wednesday, Loyoya struggled with the officer attempting to grab his taser before the officer pinned him down to the ground and shot him. It was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my entire life, Thomas Loyoya, Patrick's brother, said on Thursday. Now, here's what we know. The video includes a compilation of footage from police dash and body cameras, a home security camera, and a cell phone. It depicts a Grand Rapids police officer pulling over Loyoya and a passenger for a license plate that does not match the car. Once Loyoya pulled over, he got out of the car, and the officer told him to stay in the vehicle. The officer approached Loyoya outside his car and asked for his driver's license. He asked whether Loyoya spoke English. Loyoya ran around the car, and the officer chased and tackled him to the ground on the front lawn of a house. During their struggle, the officer told Loyoya to stop resisting and let go of the taser. After a couple of minutes, the officer was lying on top of Loyoya, who was face down on the ground, still yelling for him to let go of the taser. He then shot him in the back of the head. The passenger in the car who recorded the interaction on his phone told the officer, stop, he good, you can talk to him. Okay, what was the source on that? USA Today. Because they got it wrong. A a bit of it was wrong. Um, uh, And I'll fill in the blanks. I appreciate you reading that. Okay, I'm going to open phone lines now. Uh, If you've seen the video... I want to hear from you and, and get your thoughts on it. If you've seen the video, if you haven't seen the video, you making a decision about it is going to be your emotional decision and how you feel about it. And uh, that's not going to be as, as qualified as somebody who's seen the video. There's police body cam. There is the police dash cam. And there is the, the video taken by the passenger in Loyola's car. And then you've got a, like a doorbell cam where you actually see him get shot. Here's what happened. The police, the police officer pulls up with lights on and pulls over Loyola. Loyola. Is it Loyola? Is that what we're saying? I don't know. It's L-Y-O-Y-A. Loyola. I say Loyola. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Okay, thanks. Um, so he pulls the car over and immediately when the car stops, Loyola gets out of the car. Just gets out. And the cop's saying, get back in the car. Don't get out of the car. Get back in the car. He won't do it. He gets out of the car and closes the door. Now, from Congo, maybe he's never had interaction with police. We found out later that he's had plenty of interaction with police. He knew exactly what was going on. Cop walks up, and the guy is speaking in such a way that you can't tell if he can speak English. Cop almost immediately says, do you speak English? Guy says, yes. He says, okay. Um, And he says, what I do? Cop says... The license plate doesn't match this car. He says, let me have your license. Loyola pulls into his pocket, doesn't have a license, opens the car door there in front of the cop, where he's got a passenger that could have hurt the cop, I guess, opens the door and and says, my license in there? Because he says it's in the car. And the guy who's in the car doesn't give him the license. He closes the door, doesn't have a license. I don't know if he had a license or not. He isn't presenting the cop with a license. Now, you've got a car with the wrong license plate on it. And a driver who can't give you a driver's license to show that to show you that he should be driving the car. So at that point, the cop's like, well, I'm going to have to detain this guy. He didn't say that. He says, okay, come here. And he grabs him by the arm. Because in your story, he just said he ran around the car. Right. Well, that didn't happen immediately. The cop says, okay, here's what we're going to do. And he, and he wants him to put his hands on the car. And that's when Loyola pulls away and almost looks like he's going to 
like square up at the cop, but then he does it. He thinks better of it, and he and he starts running away. Cop runs after him, call, he tackles him, calls in for backup. Now as he's tackling him, he's saying, "Hey, stop! Knock it off! What are you doing? What's going on?" And he's like, "Get off me! Leave me alone, dear!" I mean, it's a, it's a, just a, it's a full-on fight now. It's just a fight. Passenger gets out of the car. He starts video recording from the car. Full-on fight. He doesn't give up yet. He ends up struggling, gets back to his feet. Now he's standing there again and tries to run away again. And the cop goes and he grabs him again and he takes out his taser, deploys the taser, and it hits the ground. That's one of these tasers that you can deploy more than once. Tries to do it again and it doesn't get the guy, it, it hits the ground. At that point, the guy, Loya, grabs the taser. It's all in video. He's got his hands on the taser now. And he's struggling with the cop to take the taser away. He won't stop resisting. Cop's telling him, stop resisting. He's holding onto the taser. They hit the ground again. When they hit the ground, I guess the, the body cam button presses against Loyola long enough to where it shuts off. If you press it for three seconds, it shuts off. So now that's off. Now we get different views from the passenger. We get different views from, from the, uh, the doorbell cam, all of that. They keep on struggling. You could tell in the video that Loyola gets the taser away from the cop. Now, the taser at this point, I think, is underneath Loyola, but he's got control of it. Cop doesn't anymore. Cop then grabs his gun. Let go of the taser. Let go of the taser. Stop resisting. He won't. At, what, at which point, the cop shoots him and kills him. Now, I watched a video by our good friend Brandon Tatum last night, who is um, the Officer Tatum. A lot of you know him. He was on our show first. He's a big deal now on YouTube and in, in other circles. He's a former cop in Tucson who analyzes the video. Again, I watched the video without his analysis first. Watched the video without his commentary first. And the point that seems to be the pertinent point here is... Kerry, what if the bad guy gets the taser and tases the cop? Mm-hmm. Then what? Then, the then he's got access to the cop's gun. He, yes. That's a problem. So the whole idea that this white cop pulled over the black guy who was just an honest immigrant from Congo who didn't know what the hell was going on is just not true. This guy fought with him for 90 seconds or two minutes and kept fighting with him and gets the taser from him. If he tases the cop, the cop is a dead man. The cop had to save life and limb, in my opinion, and take out the gun. And he doesn't take it out and shoot him. He takes it out and he says, drop the taser, let go of the taser. He keeps saying it, then he shoots him. And he kills him, he's dead. Now, we find out from our friend Brandon Tatum, this guy Loyola has multiple arrests. He's got, a, he's got a criminal record. He does know what you do when you get pulled over by police. And you'll never guess what his criminal record is for. Car theft. You've got a car that has the wrong plate on it. You want to find out if you're a cop why it's got the wrong plate on it. You could be somebody who owns more than one car. Maybe you're using one plate. If the plate comes back to your name, it's up to the cop. He gives you a ticket or not. But there are other reasons to have the wrong plate on a car. And other reasons could be, and I don't know if this was a stolen car or not, but it could be if you steal a car, you want to put a different plate on it, and this way it might distract from anybody having any suspicion. Who knows? 
Because if you have the plate of the stolen car on the car, it's going to come back as a stolen car. Instead, it comes back as wrong plate on this car. Again, I don't know if it was a stolen car or not, but he's got a history, a track record, a police record, an arrest record for car theft and also for like drunk driving or something. So the guy has been pulled over by police before. He knew what was going on full well, has the wrong plate on the car. He doesn't have a driver's license that he's offering to the cop and then fights the cop for almost two minutes. So at the end of the day, what should the cop have done? Oh, you got my taser. Cool. Why don't you tase me? And then sit there and and let him take your life? I, I don't know. It might have gone a little bit better had you not been driving a car with the wrong license plate or had you handed the, the officer your license or had you just put your hands on the car, let's figure it out. Had you not run away? Had you not fought the cop? Had you not grabbed the taser? Yet for some reason, Benjamin Crump and the family of this guy, and I feel for the family, I don't want the guy to be dead. I absolutely don't want the guy to be dead. I feel horrible. A young guy's dead. But the family saying that this is, you know, ex- execution or Benjamin Crump, the worst thing he's ever seen or whatever it is, whatever is going on, whatever they're saying, this is to try to convict somebody of something that to me is clearly the police doing a justified shoot because the guy fought him so hard and took one of his weapons. I will never be in that position, not because I'm white. I'll never be in that position because I will never fight a police officer. He or she has the gun. He or she has the authority to, through reasonable suspicion or probable cause, to do an investigation. They have the right to detain me while they do that investigation. And even if they take me to jail, which will never happen with me, even if they took me to jail, I still get my day in court to tell my story and say why they were wrong. I don't end up dead in somebody's front yard like this guy was. Your thoughts about this if you've seen the video. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you. Your phone calls in a moment. A lot of people want to be heard on this one. Police involved shooting in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where, of course, it's being called racism and how dare the white cop kill the black guy. Uh, but if you watch the video, it's pretty cut and dry to me what happened. I wonder what you think. We'll get to you in a second. Let me tell you about the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. It uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. People across the nation are buying this. They're raving about how well the thunderstorm freshens their homes. Musty, mildewy smells vanish after just a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. And it really does smell like a thunderstorm has come through, leaving that fresh and clean smell afterwards. With the uh, over 200,000 of these sold, you know that it works. Any odor is going to disappear. I don't care what the odor happens to be. This uh, thunderstorm is really just that good. And right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. You're going to get three units for under 200 bucks. It's a fraction of the cost 
compared to the other air purifiers that can go for over $600. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, kitchen, anywhere you need clean, fresh air. And with a special offer, you're getting three units for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in discount code PAGS3, save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAGS3, shipping is free. Again, EdenPureDeals.com, the code is PAGS3. Let me go to the phone lines. Your thoughts about this shooting, if you've seen the video, what, what do you think? Uh, Steve, talk to me in Florida. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, so here's my, it's funny, I watched the video with was like some friends, and the first thing we all said and pretty much agreed on, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Right. Now, no one, no one wants to see this guy die, but at the end right. of the day, it doesn't matter if you're from the Congo or Paraguay or is like, the, like the middle is like the Everglades. Everybody knows when a cop pulls you over there, you listen to what he says. You don't resist. You don't like fight with the cop. And it's, it's ironic is like that. When did is like America turn the victims into the heroes? I don't know. I don't know when that happened, Steve. I want to ask you this: Do you think that I represented the video correctly? One hundred percent. Yeah, because if it goes down that way, if the guy gets the taser, the cop is a dead man, without a doubt. The cop is dead. I mean, so what would the narrative been then? You know, it's like everybody. What would have the narrative then? It was like then he ran. Other cops chased him, and then he died. Then, then they would still say, "Well, wait a minute. He was just a guy defending himself." At the end of the day, he fought with the officer. He tried to take control of the taser. If it would have went, take race out of it. Take race out of it. One hundred percent. It doesn't matter. A man chose to fight with an officer. He chose to take the taser. He chose to like you know his own actions. So unfortunately, he lost his life. Yeah. Everybody should know, and I don't. I feel for the family. It sucks for the family, but yeah. at the end of the day, the family should add rationales like say, "Hey, wait a minute, he was in the wrong. He was in the wrong." Right. It well, sucks that is like it happened. It sucks that he lost his life, but at the end of the day, he made a choice. At some point, everybody has to take personal responsibility. He took responsibility. He put his own life in his own hands, and he, he suffered the consequences. Well, his actions led to it. Steve, thank you. I appreciate the phone call. Open line, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. That, that's true. Um, but, but I'll add this. If you take race out of it, if there were two white guys or probably two black guys, although Black Lives Matter says that black cops aren't black, they're blue. But if it were, if it were two white guys... Uh, a white cop and a white pa- uh, a white driver. We would not have heard of this story. We're hearing this story of this story because Al Sharpton's getting involved. Yeah, yeah, Carrie, I'm watching the this this video, right? Mm-hmm. And the police chief there, his name is Winstrom or something like that. The police chief in Grand Rapids uh-huh. is answering questions, and the guy says, "Yeah, we're here from Detroit." Like this real, real wannabe radio guy, and he asks whatever question the chief gives him an answer. Then I promise you, this reporter from Detroit says. Uh, Chief, would you say this is Grand Rapids' version of George Floyd? Carrie, I kid you not. The whole way, because Detroit to Grand Rapids is quite a drive. It's a long way. Mm -hmm. The whole way he's thinking, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to be very famous for this. I'm going to get this question out there. I mean, how stupid a question is that? But I mean, that's what it's become. Oh, I think we got a George Floyd thing here. Let's bring that up. Uh, let me go back at it and say, uh, Mitchell, 30 seconds max. Make it happen. Hey, Joe. Congratulations. So, Thanks, man. Just my initial emotional uh, reaction to the video was, it was you know, I, it, was, it was disturbing because the guy, the, the cop, held the gun to the, the, guy, the back of the guy's head and, and shot him in the back of the head. Just, you know, a visceral emotional reaction yes but the bottom line is he shouldn't have been resisting arrest you know everybody that complies 
doesn't. I, I don't think anybody has ever been shot when they comply and follow the, the police. Got, got to go, brother. I hear you. I appreciate you. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady on. She is a mom. She is a a, a parent who is very concerned. She's somebody who loves our kids in this country and our American values and decided she would raise her voice and stand up against some of the garbage being thrust down the throats of our kids in school. It's uh, Michelle Brown. Now, you go by Shell, right? Shell, yes. Okay, Shell, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I was made aware of you by seeing that video of you in front of the school board, and then uh, our, our mutual friend, Angela Morabito, said that she was acquainted with you, so I wanted to have you on. Let's start from the very beginning. Are you a mom of a, of a student that goes to the school district? Yes, I have two young children. Um, I've been involved with CCSD since the day one. Um, But I work with um, a small group of parents that are very involved in the education system and what's going on here. Uh, How old are your kids, if I I may ask? Mine are elementary. Um, However, the others that I work with, there's preschool, elementary, middle school, high school, grandparents, parents, um, it's, it's of all ages. So we're kind of collaborating, connecting uh, all the different things that are happening at each different grade level. So you were already involved in the curriculum and what's being taught to our kids even before you were made aware of this book, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. What, what, Shell, let me ask you this, just a sort of philosophical question. What happened to parents and teachers joining together to bring a more educated, more productive child out of our school system? What happened to PTA and PTO and parent-teacher uh, meetings? It's like the teachers, some of them are teaching via TikTok, and they're using that to, to show their agenda. Then they go into the class and push right. the, the same agenda. How did we get here in 2022 to where parents are not team members necessarily – or teachers aren't team members with the parents to, to raise an educated kid. Right. So I personally am very involved in my children's. I'm part of the PTA. Um, I work with my daughters, with their teachers all the time. And I encourage all parents to do the same. Um, I've noticed, though, over the last couple of years, and maybe it was happening before, but the COVID and the whole digital experience kind of opened parents' eyes right. to seeing some of the things. And it's not necessarily the curriculum itself, It's the tools that they use to implement the curriculum that there are issues with. Um, And we kept seeing all these surrounding school and school boards, parents getting up. Everyone has seen them. Parents getting up, reading this graphic book. And I remember sitting there going, thank goodness I live in, you know, conservative Cherokee County. And then all of a sudden at one of the school boards, I saw a parent get up and start reading one of the books. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So after time, we've had more and more parents getting together and getting together. And so we partnered with No Left Turn in Education because they have been spearheading and, and grounding breaking as far as finding these books and working with legislators to try to close loopholes um, in the obscenity law. So let me just back up and kind of start with there. There is a federal obscenity law. That law prohibits adults from giving minors obscene materials. Makes sense to it, me. Right. Of course. It, you're deemed, it's deemed illegal. Great. However, 43 states have a loophole in that obscenity law where schools and libraries, they can have it in their school library in the name of education. 
So this these books are deemed obscene materials out in the public, but yet if they're given in a school, they're okay. And and that's not okay. If a of course book not. is right. If it's if it's graphic content outside, it should be graphic content inside. There's no place for it. There's no need for it in our education. I feel that we could do better and have better choices of books available that are safe for our children. It's uh, Shell Brown. She's a concerned mom. She's involved in the school district where she lives and wants you to get involved as well. You can go to the website, nolefturn.us, no dot us, and go find out more. So does your child say, hey, mom, look at this book, or were you made aware of the book outside of that and went and got it for yourself uh, a, a little not my children in particular yeah. but others you know we work together as a community these books are in the middle school that my child is going to i can't imagine my 11 year old who comes home and gets excited about squishmallows and plays barbie dolls and you know goes outside and climbs trees to go into her school library and get a book that graphically describes masturbation, graphically describes sex, graphically describes grown men raping young boys. It's not okay. No, no. She has that type of personality. You know, every kid is different. You have one, they'll be like, mom, look at this. She's a silent. She would read that and it's that silent trauma that happens to them thinking, well, I'm in school and this is supposed to be a safe place. So this must be okay. And we need to be sure that these books are not in our children's hands in schools. For those who don't know, middle school in the United States is basically 11, 12, 13-year-old kids. And yes. uh, and when you're that age, I, listen, even after you're after puberty and, and even before you become a full-fledged adult, I'm not so sure I want a high schooler to read this stuff either. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, what you said is so right. There could be silent trauma happening or silent indoctrination and acceptance. Your oh, yeah. child might read that and say, well, teacher said it's okay. Librarian right. said I can check this out. This must be acceptable behavior in society. And we're really indoctrinating somebody to believe that child rape is fine, that the you know sexual gratification at 11 is something that you should be learning about. So what do right. you do? You end up going to the school board meeting and, and you had this planned out. I'm going to go ahead and just read these excerpts. Okay. So actually before that, I yeah. emailed, are you going to show? Okay. So before that, um, I emailed the board because we submitted these books. We have a, we have about 90 books that we found in the school. So I, I got I got I got to stop you. I'm not going to show I'm not going to show the I'm, I don't want to be graphic on the show. Um I, okay. I wanted you to explain it, but I, I got to stop you for this reason. Are you telling okay. me that the school board could have dealt with this via email before you went and did it publicly? Oh, absolutely. Really? You gave oh, them that opportunity and they didn't take it. No, they oh, still come on, Shell. It. They still they still support these books and I don't think they've seen what's in them. When you see what's in this book, this is a graphic novel. This is The Handmaid's Tale. It's a Hulu series, TVMA. If you see, and I can't show you this, but if you look, get this book and check it out and look at the pictures of a prostitute that's naked with a Glock in her mouth, um, another with a prostitute on her hands and knees that's naked eating dog food out of a dog bowl. Wow. Then there's other scenes of women holding other women down while they're being raped by grown men. Mm. Um, <clears throat> no, I emailed, and, and this gets even better, Joe, is we went through the appeals process. We submitted 14 books. We right. found that the appeals process was broken. When we submitted them, we found out that if there was a book in each one of the high schools, they pulled them. But because there's 20 people on the appeals um, board, they had to use our taxpayer money to go out and buy 20 more copies. Are so you, when come they on. denied our appeal on this book, Homegoing, we now went from having seven copies 
to 20 copies put into our school district. Did they they ever respond to your emails? Did they say yes, no, no, boom, maybe anything? No. So I sent three emails. They actually bounced back because the content was too graphic, which had the contents of the books. So the emails bounced back. I had to adjust them, censor them, sent that to them, sent them examples, sent them pictures, told them that, hey, if your IT department has algorithms in place that I can't email this to you, our children should be reading it. I received zero response from any school board members. I received zero response from any upper administration. The only response I got was from the superintendent spokesperson, Barbara Jacoby, which sent me a blanket email that said, you can submit these books to our appeals process. Would never, nothing else after that. So after the third time, I said, well, I'm done. I'm going to speak at the school board meeting. Right. So as then you see the video, and I don't know if you you know have time to show it, but I got interrupted by one of the board members who well, said, yeah, I will. I'm going to play it before we actually show the interview. Um, uh, so, so uh, I will have played it by now and, and shown people who are watching and let people hear who's li- who are listening. You Perfect. start reading right out of a book that an 11 year old boy or girl can go and get out of the library that and they get so, em- go ahead. That one was for high school. That okay. one in particular is just a random one that I picked. That one was for high school, 14 to 18 year olds. Yes. Okay. So you're reading it and the school board gets so uncomfortable with yes. the words that are available and the book that's available to these kids. These are just kids um, right. that they ask you to stop. Yes. How, how ironic is that? Fill me in. Exactly. Which is exactly what I said. And I called them out for it. Um, Still to this day, I have received, they have not contacted me at all. They have not contacted me about uh, the work that we've done to find out anything more about the books. And to be honest, they've actually been publicly mocking us. They have been posting themselves saying, oh, look, I'm going to read books from the list. Uh, They've been posting things that say things like, oh, I read this book and it didn't turn me into, you know, this type of character. I've been so. These are school board members doing this? School board members and upper and administrators. Yes, they well, have. Well, they're, they're not. They're not eleven through eighteen-year-old kids. Why are they right. acting so stupidly? Why are they acting so much immature? They were right. so uncomfortable that you were outing them, and that the words that were being said, generally speaking, wouldn't be floating around in a school right. board meeting on a microphone. They should have immediately said, "Oh my God, I had no idea." that these books with these images and these depictions were in the, we're going to take action right away. Why wasn't that the answer in 2022 America? I don't know. That's exactly what I said. I was floored. And I live in one of the top most conservative counties in the state of Georgia. I have been floored by their reaction. I thought for sure after they saw this and everything and the national attention, I thought for sure someone would reach out and say, hey, let's figure this out. Not one. They fully support it. They um, have campaigned on it. They have done nothing to remove these graphic novels from our children's libraries. I have uh, and- Michelle. I have Michelle Brown. I want to reiterate who you are because a lot of people yeah. are listening on the radio. It's Michelle Brown. She goes by Shell. She is a mother. Right. She's a concerned parent. She's involved in, in her kids' schooling and the schooling in the community where she lives. Go to a couple right. of websites: NoLeftTurn.us, NoLeftTurn.us. The other one is called FourCanDoMore.com. And it's the yep. number four, fourcandomore.com. So, so what recourse do you have? Do you have any ability through the mechanisms in place of the school board or the school district or your county to get these books taken out and, and have something done to protect our kids? Well, this isn't the first time that the board has been completely inactive. So right now we are currently going through an election and we have four out of our seven school board positions open. And that's what the four 
number four, gotcha. can do more, um, dot com campaign is they are for parents and grandparents that have stepped up and are going to, to, to hopefully flip this board and start getting our education back to basics. Are you running? I am not, my district is not up, so I cannot run, but okay. I support these four candidates. They are amazing and I'm I'm so excited. So if you live in Cherokee County or know anyone in Cherokee County, Georgia, please spread the word about the four can do more candidates. If your county is going through the same thing, please work together, find parents or grandparents that will stand up and flip these school boards. It's happening all across the United States. Well, so Our- when we see San, San Francisco, Get yes. rid of three liberal school board members, uh, yes. and, and they blame Trump. It's so funny when these idiots were, were interviewed afterwards. They said that it was because of racism, ethnocentricity, and Donald Trump for some reason, which is crazy. But um, they they are clueless. They are acting like the elite. They're acting like the monarchs or the, or the tyrants, and they really think they're right. Is if they're mocking you openly, which I believe you, um, then they don't understand how dire this is in the minds of the community. So I understand how vehement and how fervent you are about all this. Great. How about the other parents in the community? Are they with you? <laughs> well, we will see. Um, I've had an enormous response from the parents. However, a lot of them are afraid because the school board has this power over our small it's growing rural community. And so I have a lot of parents reaching out to me, but this next Thursday, April 21st, we have our next school board meeting. Nice. So I encourage all of the parents and families, even if you don't have children in the school district, these children are your future. They are going to be your police officers, your lawyers, your judges, your, their education now will deem what is going to happen in the future. You need to be involved. So I encourage everyone go start going to your school board meetings. If you're in Cherokee County, join us next Thursday. We're having a huge turnout for to, in support to have these books removed. It's uh, Shell Brown. She's a concerned parent. Go to the website, nolefttern.us. Nolefttern.us. Yes. You said something that, that brought a question to my head. Yes. What, what are they afraid of? What are the parents afraid of? Because they literally have the power. You've got a seven-member board. You could t- turn over four seats in the next election. The power clearly is in the hands of the voters. What are they afraid of? I think they're starting to see that, you know, there is this kind of great awakening that's happening across America uh, over the last couple of years. I think being in our county, which has always been conservative, people have just assumed. I assumed. I had no idea. So a lot of things we have CRT, they passed a resolution saying there wasn't CRT. We keep telling them there are critical race theory curriculum activities within our schools. Absolutely. They keep denying us. We keep showing it to them. But the but the issue is, is we have to wake up the people in the community. We have to let them know what's happening and what's going on. I'll, I'll leave you with this, and I want to comment from you quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, yes. the, the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida, of course, isn't. It's a parental rights bill. Doesn't mention right. don't say gay or don't say... Right. It just says don't teach kids between the ages of four and eight about sexual orientation, who I'm attracted to and who I want to have sex with, uh, right. and gender ID. There's nothing... Right. In fact, that that is the value of America. You shouldn't be talking to kids about this stuff. Now, everybody but everybody who is against this said it's not happening. Nobody's teaching four-year-olds and and eight-year-olds about gender ID or about sexual orientation. The one thing that that really does buoy me and that I think you probably appreciate as well is that these radical teachers are so stupid. They went online immediately on TikTok and elsewhere saying, I do talk about gay and I talk about sexual preference and orientation and gender ID. You can't make me stop, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. 
You got to love that they always show their cards. I love that your school board is so stupid to mock you because that's going to help you at the end of the day. They say there's no CRT and then your kid comes home with a CRT assignment. So I love that they always make the mistake of going so far because they think that they're so right that they really do show their cards, right? Yes, 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 absolutely. And honestly, my opinion, I don't think that law in Florida went far enough. I don't think you should be teaching that in fourth or fifth grade. It should be any primary school. We should not be teaching any type of sexualization to young children. They are maturely not ready for that. We need to start listening to those who have that knowledge um, and understanding in children's psychology. There isn't any place for it. So the fact that they're up in arms about this happening for K to three, it shouldn't be happening in K to five. And in middle school, it should be biology-related, age-appropriate related content. Yeah, I got sex ed in seventh grade. I was 12, and we learned biology and how it works and where babies come from, and I thought that was appropriate. It's Shell Brown. Go to the websites, noleftturn.us, noleftturn.us, and also fourcandomore.com. Shell, thanks a lot for coming on. Let's do this again, can we? Yes, absolutely. And let's close these loopholes in these states. Let's get legislators that will stand up for our children and close these loopholes. These books should not be legal in any school format. They need to be legal outside the school as well as inside the school. We need to hold our legislators accountable and close all these loopholes. Could not agree with you more. Thank you for coming on and keep us updated. We'll be back right after this. Stay here. Perfect. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. Great interview with Shell Brown. If you can't get through the phone lines, you've been busy, really busy all night. Go to joepags.com. JoePags.com. Scroll down to the bottom. You'll click on connect or contact, and that'll send an email right to me during the program. You can also go and check out all the social media. Make sure you sign up for the social media. You can click on that interview with Megan Kelly from yesterday where we talk about a lot of stuff, man. Make sure you go there and check that out as well. We've got other stories that have been uh, that have been up on the, on the website all day. Uh, this whole Twitter thing is pretty amazing. There's a new update that we'll get to after the top of the hour. Um, I'll, I'll lead with this by saying Elon Musk is no longer the largest shareholder in Twitter. Oh, yeah. The left money bags are all getting together, and for some reason, the woke crowd is rooting them on. I thought they hated capitalism. 888-941-PAGS, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show.